This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 10th, 2021. All things new, a new thing. It, yeah, let's, I know we're just all like crazy happy when we see someone like Jeremy go from exploring what is life all about and the context of how God works in life and then beginning to get it along the way. And that's the beauty really of Connection Church. It's for everybody who might be exploring or even like on the fence about do I even believe in Jesus to those of us who have been walking for a long time and claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are grateful to be a family of God where it is safe and encouraging to explore our faith. And we're so, um, proud is a weird word, but I'm so proud of Jeremy for taking this really first public step to say, here's where I'm at. And um, he's so excited about his journey. And Jeremy, I know that you're watching. Thank you so much, Missy. We love you guys, and we love everybody joining us online. Those of you right here at Connection Church, thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to give some shout-outs to um, Dot and Carol and the Goodyear family and the Swansons and Dave and Lois and everybody as we begin our service. There you go. So good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Good morning. So welcome to week two of 2021. Amen? Amen. So we continue our series today, All Things New. This morning, a new thing. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our mission here at Connection, say it with me if you know it, to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much that we can be one church, many locations, even um, Becky and Charlie being able to join us in Florida, and um, just everybody that's, that's here. Um, God, it is awesome to be together today as we take a look at all things new and a new thing as we take a look at your scriptures. We praise you and honor you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. All right, church. So last week we started this series, and, you know, as Alan said, it was all things new, and we took a look at Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And we did not realize last Sunday what the week would bring. We didn't know uh, that we would be watching on Wednesday some things that were very sad to uh, witness. No matter what side of the fence we're on, it's, it was really disturbing. And that day did fuel emotion for all of us and maybe some anger and even grief. And fear. And fear. And um, we're all just maybe feeling at a loss, like, what can we do? 
what can we do? We can start right here to be kind and respectful and honoring, recognizing that as we see one another and those out in the community, that we've all been designed and created by God. Perfect. God said it was good. It was very good when you were created. And we can have a positive effect right where we're planted. It starts with us, and we can live our lives with integrity and in righteousness. And again, little did we know that the scripture that we were sharing last week would, and I heard this from a, a couple people through the week, would really bring some comfort. I just want to share that scripture again. The Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end, for his compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I wait for him. So, Connection, we are grateful to be able to be on this journey with you as, as we try to win the world for Jesus Christ. That's correct. So today our focus is on a scripture from the book of Isaiah, found in the Old Testament. We've shared before that Isaiah was a prophet who lived some 700 years before Jesus. We talked about him back prior to Christmas as God spoke through this prophet looking ahead to the coming Messiah. God also spoke through, through Isaiah some more imminent prophecies. And those prophecies included both words of destruction and words of deliverance. Well, God used Isaiah to chastise the Hebrew people, telling them that their willful disobedience, I'm guilty of that. How about you? It's probably just, willful, it's probably just us too. Just us, yeah. Disobedience. And um, Isaiah was warning them of the consequence if they continued to have a rebellious spirit. So here's a good example uh, from near the beginning of Isaiah's book. Yeah, so it's not real long. We've kind of taken uh, Isaiah 1, uh, verse 4, and then 19 through 20, so you kind of get the gist of there's a lot in between, but this kind of captures the, the flavor here. Ah, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity. You already feel the kind of the foo here, don't you? The Laden with iniquity. <clears throat> Offspring who do evil, children who deal corruptly, who have forsaken the Lord, who have despised the Holy One of Israel, who are utterly estranged. Well, that gets your attention right off the bat, doesn't it? And we jump down to 19 to 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is pretty serious scripture, isn't it? Pretty serious scripture, yeah. Now, unfortunately, the people ignored the warning, <laughs> and they were devoured by the sword. In 721 B.C., uh, 721 before the birth of Christ, Assyria captured the northern kingdom of Israel and exiled many of its people. Now, 20 years later, Assyria overtook the southern kingdom, and that was called Judah. Fast forward another 100 years, 
And King Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of Babylon, he uh, took over Judah. So there was just this uh, fighting, like crazy, and um, acquisition of countries. And anyway, um, King Nebuchadnezzar took over Judah, and the capital, which was Jerusalem, was destroyed, including the temple. Can you imagine including the temple and exiling the, exiling the best and the brightest, transplanting them to Babylon? We've talked about the exiles along the way, and it was one of the most demoralizing and destructive things that ever happened to the Hebrew people. Mm. And they brought it on themselves. And the destruction of the temple, it's more than just their church, their worship place. It's, it's the center of their lives because that's their political basis. Their, I mean, that, that, the nation and, and the religion are all tied together. It's, you can't separate them out. And so that temple... That destruction just represents the destruction of basically everything for those people. But here's the thing about our Creator. Our Creator is a God of second chances, a God of possibilities, a God of redemption. That's right. And God offers us the opportunity, them and He offers us the opportunity to not wallow in the ruins of our own making, but instead offers us new opportunities, new opportunities. And so later on in this book of Isaiah, we read of doom and gloom, but also we read about hope and possibility. Check out what we read, chapter 43. We're jumping way ahead now. 43 in the book of Isaiah. But now, thus says the Lord... He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Isn't this incredible? I think incredible. The change of tone from chapter 1, ah, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity, offspring who do evil, to now chapter 43, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Wow. Wow. God, God is with us, as he says in this, as we told in the scripture, through the river and the fire. They will not overtake us. We will not be burned. And later on in this same chapter, Isaiah 43, I'm going to be reading 14 through 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and break down all the bars. And the shouting of the Chaldeans shall be turned to lamentation. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. So over a hundred years before they're overtaken by Babylon, God speaks of it here. Isn't that amazing? 
Well, it's not amazing if you know God, but spoken here through the prophet Isaiah, telling them that he, God, will redeem them, that he will break down the bars of their imprisonment in that country. And then he reminds them of what he has done in the past when he's talking about the chariot and the horse. He's talking, going back to uh, Egypt, when they escaped from Egypt and they had their backs up against the Red Sea and he opened and parted the sea, so they went through and the chariots of Pharaoh were then extinguished. They were drowned, they were quenched, they were wiped out. He reminds them of when there seemed to be no way, their backs were right up against the Red Sea, sea on that side, approaching army of chariots on this side, there seemed to be no way with Pharaoh's army in hot pursuit. Remind them that there was no, he, God, showed them a way. There seemed to be no way, and God showed them a way. And it's important for us to always remember that. Because how often do we think, oh, there's no way? No way. We thought that a couple of times with this church. Oh, that's going to cost you a million dollars to move those gas pipes. No way. We got notice. We're not going to have to move the gas pipes. Way. Over and over and over. No way. Way. You know what God's name is in Hebrew is Yahweh. Just remember, when it seems like there's no way, there's always Yahweh. Say, no way. Okay. Yahweh. Yahweh. There you go. Remembering okay. that <laughs> escape from Egypt has always been an essential fiber of the Hebrew people. Once they were slaves in Egypt, but thanks to the hand of God, they escaped that slavery and they were brought through the desert to the land which God promised. God always keeps his promises. Remembering how God miraculously freed them from Pharaoh has always been a powerful part of their history. And that's why God says what God says next is a little surprising while at the same time really refreshing. Check this out, Isaiah 43, moving on to verses 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Mm. I will make a way in the wilderness and mm. rivers in the desert. Do not. You know, it's always been we remember. Do not remember the former things or consider things of old. Do not remember them. Very different. And we don't think God's saying to absolutely forget what God's done in the past. Never for them or for us. Instead, I think we think God's saying, don't get stuck in the past. It's easy for us to do. Get stuck in the past. Don't get <clears throat> so focused on what God did many, many years ago that you don't allow for the possibility of God doing something new in the here and now and in the future. Quit being so focused on that rearview mirror. Start looking ahead. Make sure you're looking ahead with great expectation of what God might be doing in the days, weeks, months, years ahead. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing, God shares. A new thing. A new thing. My relation with you, God says, didn't stop out there in the desert so long, long ago. Now, I'm here now 
and, and very much alive, God says. I'm the God of possibilities. I'm the God of creation. I can do a new thing or two, God says. <laughs> watch me. Just watch me. And I love the next image. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Just get that image. I'll make a way in the wilderness. For them, wilderness was more desert. Like for us, wilderness is like a forest, right? But either way, I'm going to make a way. And I'm going to put rivers in that desert. I'll cut a path where there's no path, God says. I'll make rivers where there's no rivers. That sentence is such an encouragement that God will make a way in the wilderness, a place where we perhaps find ourselves right now for a variety of reasons, the wilderness. Yeah, yep. And, and a new thing, a new thing. It's God's promise, a new thing. It's what God does, that's who God is. When there seems to be no way, there's always Yahweh. No way, Yahweh. You need to do the stomp clap on that one. Well, why don't we all do it together? Say it with me. No way. Yahweh. Yahweh. There you go. We I hope you, I hope you at home did the, stop, did the uh, no way Yahweh with us. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. So God did make a new way for the Hebrew people who were exiled from Babylon in 539 B.C. when Cyrus the Great... He was the ruler of the Persian Empire. It's a little history for you, but it's important history. He peacefully overtook Babylon. Now, Cyrus allowed and even encouraged the Hebrew people to return to their homeland and to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed by the Babylonians. Many remained in Babylon as their lives were now established there they were entrenched but there were some that did migrate back and the temple was rebuilt all of this was foretold nearly 200 years before by the prophet isaiah in chapter 45 now we were just focused on 43 now we're at 45 verse 1 thus says the lord to his anointed the cyrus whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes to open doors before him and the gates shall not be closed. Isn't that interesting word? God's anointed. Wow. God's anointed. Cyrus, <clears throat> he's the only non-Jew in Scripture where we read that he was anointed. The only non-Jew anointed. Cyrus the Great, not a Jew, not even a believer, and yet God used him to save God's people in Babylon. Let's go back to 43. 43, 18, 19, that first line there. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. Too often, I allow myself to remember former things, things of old, things of the past. Not just remember, but allow myself to go down this, this spiral, this, this place that I get stuck in and I hang on to. You know, remembering things of old, things of the past, there's really good stuff. A lot of really good stuff. 
and some not so good. So we want you to hear us clearly on this. We're not saying that the past is not important. It is important. The past is important because we can learn from our past. We can learn from mistakes. We can be wiser today than we were yesterday. But what we're talking about is sometimes we do get stuck when we allow things, both pleasures and pains, to hold us hostage. And Satan loves that when that happens. He knows our hot buttons, and he knows what can trigger those negative thoughts, what can take us down that spire into the miry clay. And Satan will do everything that he can to have us relive those things of our past that just cause us to question even if God loves or God cares for us. Satan would love us to spend a lot of time there um, and not look at the new thing, at the glories that are ahead. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? So our scripture today reminds us that the God who created us the God who loves us, the God who wants what's best for us is the God of possibilities. Do you not perceive it? It's kind of like saying, hey, hey, wake up. I'm going to do something new. Hello. You want to be doing it through you. You, you, you. Yeah. Maybe something you never thought of before. Something beyond your imagination, something beyond what you even thought probable or possible. A new thing. Something very different from what's gone before. A new thing, very different from what's gone before. Different from what you've seen before. Different from what I, God, has done before. Different from what you've done before. A new thing. new thing. Yeah, that's who God is, right? That's who God is. That's what God does. What he did for the Hebrew people in Babylon through Cyrus. What God does for you and me. Do you not perceive it, God says, through the prophet. God does new things and he does them through you and me. He does them through us. Here's the question though. Are you able to let God do something new in your life. You're going to allow God to do a new thing in your life. Can you release what went before, both the pleasures and the pains, to give God the space to do something new? That's the question we have for you this morning. Are you open to a new thing? You know, the ultimate new thing that God did was when he willingly, willingly gave his one and only son for you and for me so that we might not die for our sins but be forgiven and experience freedom and salvation through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. That certainly was a new thing. And God's timing was perfect then and God's timing continues to be 
perfect in our lives when God shows us. But as Alan said, we need to provide for some space to be able to hear, to recognize that new thing. Have you accepted the new thing for yourself? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you claimed him as, as the first thing, the last, the best? I was doing a devotion a couple days ago, and um, Penny, everybody knows and loves Penny. Hey, Penny. She gave me a book about um, to look at hymns, and you think, Carrie, you're looking at hymns? Yeah, I was looking at hymns, and how, why they were inspired, why they were written, and the scripture that goes with them. And there's this song, Be Thou My Vision. Mm. And there's this one line that says, Be my best thought by day and by night. And I believe that the Holy Spirit just planted that in me a couple days ago because that's all I can think about. God, I want you to be my best thought by day mm. and by night. So, that only happened because I sat down with my coffee and spent some time. Sit down, wherever, or in the car, whatever you need to do so that you create some space for God to do a new thing in you. And it just might be, the, be a thought that would change your actions or change your words. That could be the new thing that God wants for all of us. And today's the day to think about that. And this week, as we together journey through the scriptures, through our faith journey together. So God's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. Ready or not, <laughs> open or not, God's doing a new thing in your life and in mine. The question is, are, are you willing to let go and let God do it? that new thing. CCC, one of, the, one of the best parts of being in community, of, of a community of faith like we are, is that we can cheer each other on. Amen? Here, at home, wherever, in the beauty of this whole internet world we're part of, we can do it when we're next to each other. We can do it when we're thousands of miles apart. That's cool. That's cool. We can cheer each other on. And that's because we're a family. Connection family. God's doing a new thing in this family. I hope we allow him the space to do it. Amen? Amen. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, we, we thank you. We thank you for your promises, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for opportunities to make room for you we all have the same amount of time lord help us use it for your glory god um, it might be that we would spend less time on social media to make room for you it might be that we would turn off the tv to make room for you it might be that on our way to work, we would spend more time listening to the Bible than perhaps um, some music. But Lord, help us make room for you. Help us surrender 
so that we can experience the new life that you offer each and every one of us. God, I am so grateful that we don't walk this alone, but side by side with sisters and brothers and with you before us, behind us, and all around us. Lord, we thank you and praise you, and may you get all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.